Welcome to the Liberty Room. That's right, the Liberty Room, where conservatives can speak their minds with all the freedoms guaranteed by our beloved Constitution. The Liberty Room with me, the one, the only, the Jim Wood. And then sitting next to me, my friend, my brother, my fellow American red, white, and blue patriot, that high-flying tall drink of how-do-you-do, Dwight. So for the next hour or so, strap in, hold on, but don't hold back when you're hanging with us in the Liberty Room. Hello, Dwight. Hello, Jim. <laughs> Start off the evening all kind of calm, cool, laid back, not, not right. too excited. Yeah, like kind of like we're drugged. Like, you know, welcome to, was it that Delilah show on... Oh, uh, was it like Love well, Notes or yeah, something like that? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> that comes on, like, uh, when I'm at the store and working, when everybody's gone after store hours are on, you know, we've got one station we leave it on. Uh-huh. And I tune it out all day long. It's just background noise. I just tune it out. And then all of a sudden, Delilah comes on. And I bet you listen to it. Oh, my God. I can't <laughs> help it. It's so it's it's like a soap opera. It's so addictive. The here's wolf a, listens to Delilah. Here, here's... Here, here's Shannon from Iowa who wants to give a shout out to her boyfriend she loves so much that she wants to give her heart to and live with forever. They've been dating for three days now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> or you get awesome. the ones who she she stayed with me the whole time I was in prison. I just love her to death. I want you to play a song for me. Can you play "Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap"? <laughs> That's not too terribly far from the oh, truth. Oh, it isn't. Oh my God, it's it's. It, I don't listen to Delilah because I'm so heartsick. I'm so in love. No, I listen to it because it's better than better than uh, TMZ or you know some of these sick, twisted, um, guilty pleasures. You know, it's you know, so. So here's a, a real it's, question. It's a train wreck. Here's the real question: Is how much Kleenex do you go through in a given night when Delilah comes on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the tears, the waterworks are flowing. You know me. I mean, you are a very emotional guy. I am. I am, and I'm, I love love. What can I say? Hey, you know, you got to love. Yeah, right now I'm loving this coffee. Oh, man. Which one, which flavor did you open up? This is the Liberty Coffee, Liberty brand of Ooh. from Black Rifle Coffee. Mm. And they don't tell, they don't pay us. No. They don't give us any free advertising. No, but. We just like Black Rifle Coffee and they made one. I know they made it with us in mind because it's called Liberty. It and is. What are we called? Uh, the Liberty Room with. Uh, Jim and Dwight. Absolutely. So I think that um, Matt Best better get off some promotional stuff at least. And, I think so. You know, hook a hook a couple of brothers up. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, when I was at the store the other day, <clears throat> when I was in New York, excuse me, and um, I saw uh, the, the two flavors here, uh, Liberty and Murdered Out. Murdered Out. I'll tell you what, I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to get the Liberty one because obviously the Liberty Room. Right. Murdered Out just looked awesome. Well, you're a pilot and you need jet fuel, so get you some Murdered Out. Yes. And you also taught me what Murdered Out actually means. <laughs> Why really is the pasty, me. hillbilly, white guy <laughs> teaching you street lingo? Because <laughs> I ain't from the streets. Yeah, well, you know. I ain't as cultured as you I'm just backwater no hillbillies. I'm just no mangy dog, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not an old mangy dog. You are the wolf. Oh, am I now? 
got him. <laughs> you were just waiting for the opportunity for oh, the new sound I was. effect. I, I was. Yeah. I know. Long so, live the wolf. That's it, man. That's it. So if you drive a vehicle that is all that's blacked out, black windows, black rims, black grill, black, 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 black on black, mm-hmm. that's referred to as being as a murdered out vehicle. It's mur- yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that makes sense. Now that you've explained it to me, I mean, I know what a murder is, which is what a group of crows. Yeah, murder is a group of crows. But I'd yes. never heard of murdered out before. Yeah, murdered out. Is now, a, if I use that on the street, is that going to get me shot? Um, well, with that uh, pretty boy California accent you got, it might. <laughs> I better stay off the streets. <laughs> Pretty boy like you don't belong out here. <laughs> They're hearing banjo music. <laughs> <laughs> Not on the streets where they refer to cars as murdered out. Okay? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, well. Wow. Speaking of pretty boy, Dwight. Yes, Jim. <laughs> what can I do for you? <laughs> well, we were discussing before uh, the red light went on that things to talk about tonight, things yeah. to put uh, you know, kind of to add to our repertoire of uh, many things that we converse about on a regular basis. Yep. Um, and a mutual friend sent us both a copy of an ad today or a, a, an article today. And, uh, you know, I, I, I fully, fully resemble this mo- remark, you know, because what was what was the headline to it? You know, uh, from- why, why conservatives are better looking than liberals. I, I, you know, so uh, obviously, you know. Wolf. Hang on, hang on. Uh, <laughs> the, got him again. You gotta stop with the gunshot. <laughs> I'm gonna have nightmares. Lord, Hodges didn't shoot at me that much. <laughs> All right. Yeah, they did. Um. So. But you shot back. <laughs> anyway, the um. Uh. So yeah, no. I mean, and my comment was, you know, look at people overall. Mm-hmm. Look at people you see out. Look at people you see on the street and people you see in these interviews on on no matter what news media you're you're happen to be strolling across their channel. Um, you know, and just kind of sit back and look at the overall picture of it. Yeah. You know, just just like I said to you before we started uh, started recording, um, you know, I'm thinking right now of all the liberals I know. And I can't think of one right now that that seems happy on a regular basis. I would agree. I don't, you know, I don't know how they can be happy. I don't understand. I mean, they always seem to have some kind of cause they're supporting. And oh, and it's, it's always devastating. It is. De- oh, we got to support all those, those 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 transsexual kids who can't use bathrooms. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I've been sobbing all the way home because the parents at the county school board meeting didn't vote in favor of them. and. Yeah, it's like we're, you know, just taking them out of the meetings and slicing them and hanging them up, you know, and, and lynching. Throwing them off roof, rooftops yeah. like the Muslims do. Like, like Saddam did to his, uh, uh, you know, losing Olympic teams, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we've got we've got one in this area. I, I dare not mention their name because I don't give them that kind of credit who mm-hmm. troll people's sites and call their employers and, and try to get them fired for, you know, practicing their freedom of speech, their freedom uh, of belief. Right. Um, you know, and I'm sitting here thinking, uh, when in my day do I have as much time to where I can go to other people's social media pages to find things that piss me off just so I can put the effort into it to try to get them fired from their everyday job? Yeah. How miserable of a life do you must must you have? What What dark cobwebs inside your mind makes you think that that's 
acceptable. Well, I, I feel the same way as you do. <clears throat> I mean, you know, as, as a working stiff like you, you know, well, I'm a high-flying working stiff. <laughs> but I don't have time to sit around looking at liberals' Facebook pages and TikToks and tweets and I, because I have more important things like trying to catch up what my church is doing or what my kids are doing or what the White Sox are doing, my favorite baseball team, or, you know, to, to troll liberals and say, oh my gosh, they're saying this now. Mm-hmm. I mean, number one, I look at my life and I say, I want my life to be somewhat enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I want to have a smile on my face whenever I possibly can. I want to get along with people to the best of my ability. Um, but living in a depressed state because of what I read from what other people write. Yeah. To me, that that's no life. I don't. I don't understand. And I mean, the first thing I don't understand is the White Sox. Yeah. So let me explain that because I don't know if there is an explanation. No, there's that definitely can an explanation. Justify this. So they used to be the Black Sox. Yeah. And I am black. Well, we can also discuss, you know, how they fixed a World Series and. Well, yeah, I wasn't going to get into that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now they're the White Sox, and yeah. I married a white girl, so that makes sense, right? <laughs> Your sense of relating one item to another sometimes. I know. No, it's beyond me. So, as you know, I grew up in Chicago. I've been there since 1990, left in 2005. And, you know, I was always drawn to the Chicago White Sox compared to the Cubs. Yeah. Mostly because the White Sox jerseys looked a lot more uh, higher class than the Cubs did. And the Cubs are perennial losers anyway. You know, yeah, well, so, you have a, a, a white-collar team and a blue-collar team in, in right. Chicago. White Sox were the white-collar team. Absolutely. Because of the White Sox. Even the old 80s White Sox uniforms, they look like a professional. Yeah, they do. Like they were carrying a briefcase to the stadium. Exactly. You know, and the Cubs are like, how you doing? Exactly. I mean, the White Sox, when they, when they would wear their, their white uniform with the pinstripes, that yeah. just looked awesome. Yeah. Their their road jersey, which was either with the, uh, the gray pants uh, or the gray pants and, and the black top yeah. just looked awesome. Yeah. The Cubs just looks awful. Well, I'm not necessarily the biggest baseball fan anymore. Now, I grew up a huge baseball fan, but I'm a Reds fan. Nothing wrong with that. I'm a Reds fan. I'm, I'm kind of scattered with my teams. My football team's from Minnesota. My hockey mm-hmm. team's from Pennsylvania. My baseball team's from Ohio. Okay. You know, so I'm, yeah, no, but I, I was a big fan of the big red machine. So Pete Rose. You know, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Should be in the Hall of Fame. Debatable. Should be in the Hall of Fame. There's no debate. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, debatable. Nah, we'll, we'll, we'll not agree to disagree. I'm just going to say you're wrong on this one. Well, being, being a black man, you can't say that anymore. That uh, That is politically not correct. And I'm a protected class now, so you must agree with whatever I say. So, like no, a, you are wrong, white man. <laughs> in my world, protected class is another way of saying endangered species. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no gunshot this time. Don't touch the gun. No, I won't. I won't. I won't. <laughs> You'll get me lynched. Um. <laughs> In other news, a uh, black man shot a wolf who was actually a white guy on a podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. We just go off the rails so easy, it's not even funny. Well, what were we talking about originally? How pretty we are. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, so, so that the text that our, our mutual friend sent us uh-huh. with the articles, <clears throat> um, you responded, well... I think I resemble that remark. I know I resemble that And I was remark. sitting in my lazy boy looking at it going, oh, I could totally go after Jim on this one. He thinks he no, resembles I this know. remark? See, I know I resemble that I remark. I know. I'm a good looking brother. Yeah. I mean, my wife will tell you, you just ask her, she will tell you, 
I got girls who lamp right down the street. They're probably knocking <laughs> on your front door right now trying to get in. Yeah, that's like saying my grandma tells me I'm the best kisser. It just don't jive when it's your wife telling you. Hey, again, protected class. The grandma best kisser thing went right over your head. Pro- didn't it? No, no, it, it did. <laughs> protected class. You cannot uh, say that. Is that okay? Yes. Yeah. Well, you know me and my filter. I'll say whatever the hell I like. <laughs> and this is the Liberty Room, so it is. that's right. Huh? It is. Crap. No, I, you know, but when you talk about it, you look at, um, you know, I don't know, Hollywood. Um, there's some of the old school uh, uh, actors, mm-hmm. you know, that, um, and I really, uh, I know where I'm going with this, but I got to figure out how to word it. Um, you know, the, the old school actors, most of them are conservative. Okay. Most of them are conservative. Uh, most of them are, you know, the old school ones are dead and gone or out of the business mm-hmm. now. Uh, the younger ones, um, you know, look how much plastic surgery they need, number one, in order to meet that new Hollywood standard. True. And on the other side of it, um, they're always so miserable. Yeah. You know, they're call, you know, every cause they jump on, when they, when they talk about it, they sound just like, you know, they're whining. Mm-hmm. You know, don't oppress me, Ronald Reagan, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. He was a wolf. He was a wolf, man. He was a wolf with uh, VO5 hair, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I haven't heard that reference in a while. <laughs> well, different era. <clears throat> yeah, it's true. You know, true. so and, and the fact that uh, Hollywood has gone the way it has of, of the just crying liberals mm-hmm. um, has given this newer generation uh, or given the older generation the opinion they have of the newer generation. You know, the whiny, all about me, you know, no, uh, individual type thing. Um, and honestly, that kind of attitude, you may be aesthetically a, a, an appealing person. You may, ha- you may um, have those features that make people take a second look. But as soon as you open your mouth, oh, God. Mm-hmm. One, no part of it. Yeah. One, no part of it. So, Well, look at like Alyssa Milano. <sighs> you know, she... Her and her crocheted mask. Yeah, no kidding. But, you know, she <laughs> rose to fame with was it um, that one TV who's series? Who's the boss? No, it was a newer one. No, who's the boss is what she was on. Yeah, but where she really her real claim to fame was um, wasn't she like a witch? Oh no, on, Alyssa um, Milano made her money, made her face. She would have never had that show if it hadn't been for Who's the Boss. Okay, but what's Tully Danza? Yeah, no, I know the show. Yeah, yeah, no, I know that. But but people of my generation didn't watch that necessarily. Where we where we learned about her was, and I can't think of the name of the TV series. Where you learned from her was because your mom and dad watched Who's the Boss and they turned it on because they knew who she was. My parents wouldn't watch that show. Yeah, okay, I, so your babysitter watched Who's the Boss. <laughs> I'm trying to find it somewhere. So, probably so. <laughs> anyway, here's a Hollywood liberal who made a name for herself before she decided to go all... Lefty crybaby wear a crochet she, mask. She took a left turn at Liberalville and kept on going. She Holy did. Cow. And Hollywood never really penalized her for it. Nope. But then you get someone like uh, that girl that was in the, the Star Wars series. Uh, I can't think of her name. Which one? Um, in uh, Mandalorian. She was fired after, oh, like, yeah. um, after like season two or something. God, why <clears throat> do you ask me that? I don't know. Oh, Last name Carrasco comes to mind, but I think that's wrong. No, Any, Anyway. You know, she comes out that she's a conservative and basically gets canned. Yeah. From like the most popular series that Disney has ever produced. 
And it's kind of like, you know, you go back to, remember when Live PD was on TV with A&E? Yes. Okay, so Black Lives Matter hits, and it becomes unpopular to be a police officer. It becomes yeah. unpopular to have cop shows. So was A&E do? Immediately terminate the number one TV yeah. series on TV. Gina Carano. Gina Carano, thank yes. you. Yes, oh, so hot. She was also in uh, uh, Deadpool. Oh, was she? She was in the original, uh, the first Deadpool movie. She was the, uh, uh, what was her name, the, the chick with the toothpick. Um, can't think of her character. I'll have to go back and yeah. watch it. Yeah. Um, but but what, what I'm getting at so is awesome. that live, they, they canceled Live PD, the number one show on TV, mm-hmm. all because of a, of a cause, yep. right? Okay. Disney cancels Carano because yeah. of her, 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 her political beliefs. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. She's a, she had a pop, she was a popular character. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very popular, and it was was being more um, was being used more. Uh, her character, I guess I should say, was being much used much more, um, and 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 developed more into a bigger role, a bigger, uh, uh, mm-hmm. a more uh, reoccurring role. I guess is what I'm thinking of. Sure. Um, yeah, she was uh, and played a great part. Right. Um, Angel Dust. That's who she was in Deadpool. Okay. Angel Dust was her her character. She was one of those regular people who was turned into a uh, um, a mutant. A freak. They activated her mutant gene, <laughs> hidden mutant gene in the same way that they did Wade Wilson. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Gina Carano, uh, and it all started with one tweet. Mm-hmm. That's all it took. The cancel culture jumped on top of her. Yeah. And I mean, just blew it up to the point of way beyond and probably made her more famous yeah. By blowing it up than she was because, you know, she was she was great in Deadpool. She was uh great in in uh, um in The Mandalorian. She's also well known. She uh, was an MMA fighter for a while. Was she really? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. She's she's a true badass, all right. Um, you know, so she had made her name in small little markets or small little categories. But when cancel culture got a hold of her, holy cow, I mean that really blew her name up. Now, did it help her job opportunities? Um, well, we'll see because I know she's working with one of the studios, um, that started out of all this, I guess, Trump era, um, you know, division in Hollywood. Cause there's a handful of studios that have started up making more, um, you know, religious type movies or more mm-hmm. conservative based movies. Um, well, she's worked with Ben Shapiro now. Yeah, I know that too. Um, I'm trying to think of who. Uh, who the studio was she started working with, but there's 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 a f- other studios that are making movies now. Now are they equal to the Mandalorian? Are they equal to a Marvel's Deadpool? Um, no. no, no, not yet. But once they get up and rolling and start putting the or rolling a little further down the line and start getting these movies out mm-hmm. um, a little bit more uh, uh, more in line, then I got a feeling folks like us is going to start going to those movies a lot more than these sure. crybaby. Less attractive, yeah. You know, mainstream Hollywood movies. Well, well, two points here. Number one, you know, I think we're seeing a a Hollywood. I don't want to call her an A lister. We'll say a quasi A lister. Okay. Okay. But Hollywood A lister now going to the alternative movie movie studios. Yes. Right. This really hasn't happened much. You had Kevin Sorbo do it, but I yeah. mean, he's not really a household name. Yeah. Gina Carano is because everyone knows who she is, and everyone's got now. Disney Plus except for me. So everyone knows who this woman is. Um, I only know her name because my kids want Disney Plus and I refuse to get it. 
Um, we already have enough subscriptions. <laughs> and when they get a job, a job, yeah, stop living in you know on the in the socialist utopia of my house, where, where <laughs> Dwight, you know, Daddy, the government provides everything. <laughs> then we'll talk about getting Disney Plus. We aren't there yet. But number two, have you noticed that Gina Carano is hot? Oh, super hot. Very and Alyssa hot. Milano is not. I mean that well, right there so, proves it proves it. Conservatives are hotter <laughs> than liberals. I would definitely I, I, I'll go along with that comparison, especially. Yeah. You know, and some of those one-time beauty queens and and studs yeah. um, use a lot of these far left platforms to kind of stay relative. Mm-hmm. You know, you're catching so many of them now that the uh, you know they're getting typecasted into certain roles. Excuse me, uh, where, you know, it's not necessarily um, what they're used to. Right. You know, they're not the they're not the, the, the lead actor. Now they're a supporting actor. They don't want to be that. And they don't want to, they, they have a hard time letting go of that. They, don't, they you know, they don't want to, um, they, they don't want to step out of that, you know, step out in front of that spotlight and stand in the shadow of somebody in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. You know, so all of a sudden now they got to have a cause. Yeah. And then maybe sometimes different roles I you know open up for them, but that's it. They're just trying to bring attention to themselves. Honestly, the majority of them I can't believe they believe half the stuff that come out of their mouth, and I can't believe that they're willing to blackball some of these more conservative, mm-hmm. you know, people the way they try to do, you know the way they try to uh, blackball blackball people like Chris Pratt, who's come mm-hmm. out as a good old country boy hunting and fishing conservative, yeah, who just so happens was. Uh, you know, he was on, uh, what was it, Parks and Rec, was a, which was a yep. very popular TV oh show. Oh, my gosh. Um, he's just, I mean, his comedic timing is just sarcastically on point. Okay. I he's ne- funny. I never saw Chris Pratt ever becoming as big as he is. Oh, he's huge. He's huge. And a lot of it had to do with that Guardians of the Galaxy role that he got. Yeah. I mean, in Parks yeah. and Rec, he acted as the bimbo, stupid boyfriend to What's-Her-Face. And, I mean, it's like, no, he's never going anywhere. Then all of a sudden, he gets... Yeah, the role in um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, how did that happen? It's such a unique thing because it doesn't happen anymore. Because most of your conservative folks that they they can't shut up are the ones who are established. People like John Voight. Yeah, you know, or a Kevin Sorbo, or mm-hmm. you know, and then let them go different directions like Sorbo has done. But Chris Pratt is kind of an anomaly. You know, he's kind of, but he is just so talented that he is. Um, for what he does now. You know, is he going to be play Macbeth? <laughs> Probably not, <laughs> you know, but that sarcastic lead guy, you know, the the boy next door kind of dude. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he, he's the guy. Yeah. Uh, but look at the comparison. How many more of them are out there other than him? Mm-hmm. You know, and then think about the music business. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, we start off talking about good looking people. It automatically takes you to the entertainment business, right? Right, right. Kind of leads into it. I've got so many friends in the music business. You know, I was actually. I have music- none to say. <laughs> I don't know anybody. Liar. I don't know anybody. Um, you know, I was in the music business for a while, you know. And were you? I were. I were. Yeah. And, were you uh, a singer? Oh, no, you were a backup dancer, right? I was, uh, yeah, I was a chorus girl. Um, okay, yeah. 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 Makes sense. Yeah, it's, hey, it's a different world, 21st century. Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, no judging. Not no, judging at and, all. And you shouldn't. Let me, let me tell you, I can, uh, well, never mind. Um, no, I was in the music business, played uh, played some drums. That was kind of a, a lifelong dream of mine, Um I took a break from the military, um, took a break for a while, and I, tr- I gave it a try, and actually you did pretty well at it. It was fairly successful, and mm-hmm. uh, for a um, perpetual opening band, we we did well. Mm-hmm. And um, look, now you're drumming. You've gone global now with this podcast. I have gone global, you know. 
um, we've got a new fan base in Belize. So, you know. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, um, my friend Betty was down in Belize uh, visiting her home country when trying to get her citizenship. She was on Wednesdays with Jim. So I know she's passing the Liberty Room around too. So Man, we're going to start a revolution down there All next. of our friends in the beautiful island of Belize. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know, I got so tired of the music business, though, because it was so incestual and so just mm-hmm. full of itself. I was like a, you know, I stood out quite a bit, you know. That's because you're the wolf. Well, I am the wolf, but I also, you know, I, I tell people what they want to hear, or uh, I tell them also the truth, mm-hmm. you know. So if you want to hear the truth, we're good. If you don't, well, <laughs> uh, sometimes that don't work out swell in the music business. I can only imagine. You know, but I've got, like I said, I've got a lot of friends who, you know, started off in rock and roll, play country now, you know, mm-hmm. and people who are still in the rock business. And, um, you know, I'm talking about, you know, uh, touring act, t- uh, touring uh, musicians, session musicians, um, you know, platinum selling musicians. Um, and for, you know, I, I can, I can back it up, but I'm not going to, uh, use names, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but uh, it, it's funny, the Nashville especially comes to mind. Nashville at one time was the bastion of good old country music. Yeah. You know, good old America, good old, uh, you know, honky tonks and trucks and dogs and, you know, love your wife, love your family, love your God. Um, it's not that anymore. Mm-hmm. The people that I know in Nashville that are touring, the people that are playing, the people that the image they're trying to portray is so completely different. Um, you know, I know one guy in, in the music business down there. I mean, years, years, we were attached to the hip. Um, we don't speak much anymore because of our differences in, in politics. I, quite honestly, I think that's what it is. Um, and he is so far left liberal that um, the vile... Um, hatred that he spews through his social media accounts towards anybody who supported Trump, conservatives, um, the free willingness to use such foul language and calling people names, um, really just, uh, it's not the guy that I used to know. Mm-hmm. And all this has come about since he moved and, and, and started being a big shot in Nashville. Right. And I know he has been calmed down. I know he lost a national gig. Wow. Because, you know, they liked his playing. They liked him when they first met him. Mm-hmm. And in their research, they went to all these social media pages and went, sorry, no, we'll go to the next person. Yeah. And I know he's been tried to calm down or they've tried to, his management company for the artists he plays for now has tried to calm him down because of his hatred he spews on social media. Um, it has an effect because the music business in, co- in the country music world is doing their ever-loving best to keep up that image. But if people knew, mm-hmm. the people behind it, then they would be uh, sorely, sorely disappointed. See, that's the difference between conservatives and liberals, I think, other than conservatives being much better looking, is that liberals are... Yes, we are. We are, very much. And I've been another <laughs> analogy to give you in a second. Um, when liberals disagree... It's not a simple disagreement. Oftentimes it's, I hate you and, and yeah. it's a bunch of obscenities. Yep. It's your this, that, and the other. As a conservative, you know, if I'm a liberal and I know they're a liberal, okay. You know, I know a whole lot of them. Yeah. I, 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 I see a whole lot of them. And it, it, if you want to vote that way, that's your decision. Yeah. You know, um, am I going to judge you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Secretly. Yeah. Do I think bad about you? Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, I think you make poor decisions. Yeah, you make very poor decisions, but that's your decision. 
I'm not going to call you names on, on social media. I'm, you know, that to me, look, number one, we're Americans. Sure. That's the first and foremost. We're Americans. Absolutely. Some of us are Christian before we're American. And, you know, I really believe that we can disagree and do it respectfully. Yeah. You know, I was talking to my dad while I was away um, over the past few days. And How we're, is your mom and dad? Oh, they're doing well. Good. Tell them I said hi. They're doing you? well. I will do that. Please. Um, dad's, uh, um, he's, <laughs> so we were, we were talking about um, what's happening in D.C. with Nancy Pelosi. Of course, he, you know, he refers to her as a, the swamp monster. <laughs> I knew um, I liked your dad. Oh, he's got some other other names that are kind of <laughs> kind of funny. Um, but we, we were talking about um, uh, where was I going with this? Um, we talked about your dad and lost it. Yeah, I, yeah. I totally did. Yeah, um, I'll come back to that. But here, let me, let me give you my analogy. I was going to give you. Circle back, Pisaki. I, I will circle back to that once that thought comes back because you Pisaki. diverted me. Pisaki. I have a I have a tendency to do that. I you do that. You do, yeah. and it's because as conservatives, we're such good looking. I have this analogy. Okay, yes. so here's my analogy. Yes. Okay, I'm going to give a conservative. Yes. And I'm going to give a liberal. Okay. And you tell me. I'm listening. Which one's better looking. Okay. Okay. You ready? This is a would you rather. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Wood. Okay. James Carville. Um, both uh, men of certain wisdom. Um, <laughs> both bald, um, sometimes sporting uh, some facial hair. Um, one is, um, just gallantly good looking with a resume of a, of a superhero. And then you have James Carville. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was a very good answer. You like that? Yeah. You win, you win the internet. Okay. So last analogy. Okay. okay. We have. And that is a would you rather. <laughs> okay. You have the tall drink of how do you do Dwight uh-huh. Williams. Yes. Or you have. Juan Williams. Oh, my. Yeah. Well. Um, and both do have hair. Both do have hair. Well, with Juan Williams, um, both Juan and Dwight, um, the long, tall drink of how do you do, both stand for what they believe in. Okay. Um, both of them has put um, their reputation and their livelihood behind what they believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Juan Williams was actually fired from NPR for standing his ground yep. um, on a moderate level. Yep. A specific topic, moderate topic. Um, one of them is uh, very easily swayed in some of his opinions um, when he's surrounded by people from the other party. Um, and uh, um, the other... The long, tall drinker, how do you do when it comes down to it? Um, he's definitely one that uh, I'd take to war. I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate that. I'll dig that foxhole with you. I'll be right down there with I you. I may man. have to look out for you for a little bit because you're one of them flyboys, but don't worry, I'd take you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> look, I'll never turn my back on you. I believe that 100%. But uh, with Juan Williams, um, I don't believe I, – I can't – when you say something – Mm-hmm. I can see the conviction in your eyes. With Juan Williams, you couldn't convince me that he believes everything he says. Sometimes some of the things he says, especially when he's on the five, oh yeah, um, you, you you know he says it just to support an alternative opinion. Sure. Um, and if they will do that in fantasy world TV, mm-hmm. then they'll do that in real life too. And I don't sure. trust that. 
I felt the same way about Juan. And remember, remember Bob Beckel? <laughs> yeah, so, Suspender Beckel. Oh my gosh! So of all the liberals who were ever on the five, he was probably my favorite because okay. it was mostly his facial expressions. <laughs> You know, he's obviously outnumbered. Like he was the Jabba the Hutt of, he, new, of talk TV. He was. <laughs> and I think of all the Still liberals, is. he wasn't afraid to speak his mind. Yeah. But I could tell there were times he was not, he was holding back from like lashing out and beating the crap out of like Eric Bowling or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Bowling would have killed him. But I, I look at even Bob Beckley, even like uh, Alan, was it Alan Combs? Oh, Remember yeah. when he was on there with Hannity? Yeah, sure. and, and, Hannity and Combs. Yeah. yeah, and you know I used to like to listen to both of them because you'd hear both sides, and yeah. I thought Combs could reasonably argue the left. Yeah, he wasn't as up at arms about things, in my opinion. Right. Uh, Sean Hannity would just beat beat the crap out of him. You yeah, know? it was a verbal assault. It was. Sean yeah. didn't know how to shut up. Um, he still don't. Still doesn't. Yeah, he'll, he'll he'll you know if you call into the Sean Hannity show and he has to moderate. Yeah. If you're the liberal, there's no way you're going to get your point out. No. Ever. No. Because uh, Sean's not moderating. He's opinionating, too. But anyway, what I'm getting is I don't think that half of what Combs said, he actually believed. I just I I, can't. I can't believe no. that. He was too contradictory from time to time. Sure. You know, and, you know, honestly, if some of the stuff he said was really what he believed, I can't believe, um, I can't understand how him and, and Hannity were still friends. Right. You know, right? Yeah, because there's just some people that are some liberals that, um, yeah, I've got so little use for mm-hmm. that I really, if I passed them on the street, I wouldn't even waste my breath to say hi to them. Right. And I'm usually not that person. I'm, you know, very talkative, very outgoing, and and like a social I, butterfly. I enjoy conversing with folks. You mm-hmm. know, to you know, talk about things that's going on, to, uh, to educate myself. Mm-hmm. You know, to uh, uh, to just to be more. Uh, to, to gain more wisdom in my golden years. Golden I'm not gold, years. I mean, I'm not golden years not that yet. Old I'm yet. not that old. I'm starting to feel like it, though. Yeah, but you're not that old. No, I need more coffee. And you're, um, and you're a good-looking man as a conservative. Well, so, you know, it's you know, it's, it's 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 the man thing, you know. It's got to be. Yeah, men get distinguished as they get older. It's, it's the gray. It is the gray. It's, yeah. it's definitely more distinguished, you know. But I've got a couple of strands of gray in my hair and a yeah. bit in my beard here. Yeah. Can't quite can't quite see it in this lighting, but it's there. I can't decide if it's distinguished or the fact that I'm a big bald dude with tattoos <laughs> that people just kind of look at me and nod a lot. <laughs> you know, look, I'm going to agree with the guy with bald head with the tattoos. The guy that just showed up on the Harley just say, just nod out at him a lot. He'll be okay. <laughs> I just don't want him to kill me. <laughs> he won't eat everybody. <laughs> That's right. Because he is the wolf. Oh. <laughs> there we go. You're going to wear that button out. Yeah, it you is. You know, the beautiful thing about that particular button, it's mm-hmm. infantry blue. It I, was, I hadn't noticed. It was fitting. Infantry blue. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I didn't program yeah. it that color. It was just by default. Well, it must have been meant to be that. It was meant to be, I guess. It was definitely meant to be. Well, we'll see what color brings up whatever next nickname comes along for me. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but, you know, we're talking about the music business and talking about the beautiful people. Yeah. Not the Marilyn Manson song. I don't you know would that never one. know what no. I'm talking about no. right now. I know. Not at all. I know. Anyway, so. Um, I'm not as cultured <laughs> as the wolf is. I don't know if I call Marilyn Manson cultured. <laughs> um, anyway, you know, but it has turned so many people off of, of music that they're absolutely grasping at straws, I feel like. You know, the music business as a whole has gone downhill so fast, so mm-hmm. bad, so hard. 
you know, auto tune came in, so it takes the talent away. Right. You know, rock. You know, we talked about Elvis uh, in, in the last podcast. You know, and and Elvis started something, started people to want to get out and and strive to be that that performing artist. Um, you know, and, and you had to have talent. You had to be able to play your instrument. You had to be able to sing. Mm-hmm. You had to be creative in your songwriting. You know, you had to put all these things together in a package because once you achieve that top level of record deal, top, you know, 10 chart, um, you know, uh, stardom, mm-hmm. that, and, and especially in order to maintain it, you had to be, um, you know, you had to be talented. Yeah. Um, you know, and honestly, the early 80s came. Um, you know, we went through a phase of new age and hair metal mm-hmm. where it was it was more about the fun. Well, in new age, it was all depressing. If you ever listened to The Cure, it was, oh my Never God. Have. Yeah, well, it was very depressing. Um, hair metal was all about the fun, not necessarily the talent. Sure. Um, a lot of very untalented people played, you know, made music that, uh, um, you know, um, people like to party to. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you come into, you know, modern times when auto-tune started. So you didn't really have to sing well. The computer would correct it for you. Sure. You know, you didn't have to, uh, um, you went from recording a, a full entire song on tape to recording sections on digital, and they would piece it together for you. So it's funny you mention that because... So it just takes the talent out. It does, yeah. I was listening, listening to a song several years ago where they did that. Yeah. And you hear the, you hear the I forget who the singer was, but whoever it was. The lead singer singing the you know the the first verse yeah. goes into the chorus and you end up hearing her voice overlapping. Yeah, I was like, what in the world is that? Yeah, and the only solutions they had to piece. She was singing, you know, I, I don't know all the terms, but she yeah. was she was singing lead on the chorus and she was also singing part of the backup on the chorus. It's like, how's that work? Yeah, you take a band like Van Halen, the okay. original Van mm-hmm. Halen with David Lee Roth. Okay, all right. This band was known, absolutely known. They would go out and they would play, 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 and then take those songs into the studio and record and release an album, then go out and tour more, 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 more. Mm-hmm. All right. And the reason they played first and then did their songs uh, was because they would go into the studio and they would set up and they would play through the song live. And if they didn't get it in one take, they moved on to the next one. Wow. Because they wanted to wanted to present that live appeal because they were very much a live band. And their songs um, where, you know, you can hear uh, David Lee Roth start to sing and then he backs out. Huh, interesting. Or, you know, they got some little catchy, quirky, you know, uh, kitschy little thing in, in, a, in a chorus or in a bridge or something. And he'll start to say something and then they'll start playing over top of him. Hmm. Because he would go in later and put the vocals over top or he would do the vocals then they'd play however, whatever order they did it in. Mm-hmm. But they did everything live. And they do it on that big old reel-to-reel tape and you had to get it right. Mm-hmm. Because editing on that tape was an art form. And if you didn't have somebody who really knew what they were doing, then you're never going to get it exactly right. With the new digital age, you know, you could cut and piece together. You could take drum beats from a drum machine and you don't need a drummer. You could use a synthesizer to play the guitars. You could do so many different things recorded-wise and sampling-wise that the band didn't have to be talented. Well, you know, and a good friend of mine um, was telling me that several years ago, um, he's he's a lead worship singer for a really big mega church, uh-huh. and he was made a comment um, at Christmas time once where basically he was recording a song, mm-hmm. and here he's in the U.S. and you know the the bass guitarist is in a hotel room in Japan. Sure, and it's like wow, I'd never thought about that in this yeah. digital age. You could literally record anywhere. Yeah, piece it all back together, auto tune it. Yeah, you're done. 
more people with their laptop computers at home have more with the right software have more ability to edit and and complete songs than they did 20 years ago sure. or 15 years ago. Yeah. You know, in a, in a full-size studio. Um, so once you took all that uh, talent out of it, then these managers and production companies and record labels and, and, and production houses, all these folks, they can go out and find someone who is controversial. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, sing songs about, you know, they're wet something or other. I'm mm-hmm. not going to repeat, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, you don't have a, like an arm, arm what, what's her name? Um, Megan the Stallion. I have no idea R&B singer. I have no, no clue. Take that and hold it up against somebody like a, a Tony Braxton, uh-huh. who has an absolutely oh, beautiful yeah. voice. Wow. You know, uh, I mean, you look at the difference in those two of the actual talent level. There's no talent level in this stallion thing you know but tony yeah. braxton you could take the microphone away from her and her st- her, her voice is still angelic is in you know when i was growing up i'll never forget we lived we lived in chicago we would commute de- our dad would commute to work every morning into the city and he'd always keep the radio station in the mornings on um the oldie station uh-huh. and so you know when i used to intern at, at that company i'd commute with them and we listened to oldies going into work and he always make the comment man you know Motown, those people could sing. They were so yeah. much better. This, yeah. this this was the late nineties. I was thinking, nah, I like the music today. It's great, you know. Yeah. Okay, now that I'm almost forty, <laughs> I look back and honestly, in my on my iPhone, I have more music, more R and B and Motown music from the sixties, seventies, and eighties than I do of anything that's been made in the last twenty years. Yeah. My dad was right. Yeah. Back then, people had to know how to sing. Yeah. They had to know how to play an instrument because, quite honestly, the, the technology didn't exist back then where they could edit on the fly. I mean, right. like this podcast. I've had people tell me how professional it sounds. Okay? Well, good. Here, here, here's my, let me tell you how I do it. I edit this thing on a free piece of software called Audacity. Yeah. Didn't cost me a dime. Yep. That's how I edit it. And honestly, is it 100% perfect? No. But... You know, I don't have $1,000 to throw away on a piece of professional editing software. On top of that, 20, 30, 40 years ago, you had to go to college. You had to be right. trained. You had to get, you know, a lot of that uh, um, uh, uh, on-the-job training or uh, have somebody teach you how to do it. Now, they've made it so easy mm-hmm. that anybody with no experience in a YouTube uh, uh, video oh, yeah. can learn how to do it fairly quickly. There's a video audio for everything. Audio editing, video editing, any of that sort of thing. I mean, you know, when you look at people like Megan Thee Stallion or Cardi B or mm-hmm. Nicki Minaj or any of those, you know, that group right there, and look at what you what we would compare it to years ago. Look at the difference in talent level. You know, you yeah. got people singing, uh, well, singing with auto tune, which corrects their voice and makes it sound, you know, mm-hmm. you can tell the difference. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and they've got uh, musicians that back them up. They're just propped up there to be a tool for these production folks, for these management companies and record labels to be that controversial person. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't write their own songs. Yep. They don't produce their own music. They don't write their own music, you know. And you go back and you talk about, like, good, strong R&B singers, you know, like a Tony Braxton, like a Whitney Houston, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some uh, a Mariah Carey. Well, Lionel Richie. Maybe not. Uh, well, I was using females. Mariah oh, okay. Carey really don't fall in there. No. But Lionel Richie is a perfect example. Man, that dude has got the most velvet voice on the planet, 
And what did he do? He cut his teeth playing clubs when he was young. Mm-hmm. You know, it, he was, uh, you know, it was, people don't pay their dues anymore because no. the business side of music has turned these, you know, people, they, they'll bring somebody in and get that, you know, and, and put them through certain changes that make them surgically perfect, mm-hmm. you know, and run their voice through a computer and give and prop them up like a, a, a ventriloquist dummy really is what it is. Sure. But you take any of the new singers today, and if, if you were to pit them against the singers from the 60s and 70s, honestly, yeah. they don't they can't hold a candle to the old singers. No. And back to what we were talking about about the, the conservatives being the pretty people. Mm-hmm. When you look at some of those 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 guys from Motown, yeah. you know, when you look at some of those, you know, ZZ Top, you know, Dusty Hill just passed away. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at guys that, you know, with a beard and a dirty out of, out of West Texas, you know, and all those guys, you know, may not necessarily be the best looking people in the world. But when their talent shows through, would Elvis be as good looking a guy if he couldn't sing the way he could? No. Absolutely not. That's part of the appeal of these fo- uh, right. of people. So there's, you know, there's a whole lot more to beauty than just what's on the outside. Yeah. And uh, that is yet another reason why conservative people are much better looking. And it's because the majority of us, we want what's best for our country. That's right. Not what's best for ourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I agree. And I will take it one step further. You know, again, as conservatives are better looking, that is definitely a fact. Yeah. And that's a fact that's backed <laughs> up by, um, you know, I've got an article right here from the Washington Post. I've got one from Psychology Today. Uh, psychology today says science weighs in conservatives look better. Yes, we do. And no, it's not clickbait. That's real. (laughs) But you know, people, I I think as a conservative, we live happier lives. We're trying, we're trying to do what we think is best for our country, our state, our nate, our, our, our community. Yeah. I mean, look at you and I, I mean, a year and a half ago, we hadn't, we didn't even know each other. Pretty much, yeah. Um, neither one of us thought about doing a podcast. I certainly was thinking, podcast this is stupid. Yeah. You know, now this is awesome, yeah. right? But we're doing it because we love our community. We want to see our community grow. We want we want to reach out to people and say, hey, you're not alone. Yeah. Okay, come into the Liberty Room. Join us. You know, we're there with you. This is for our country. It's for, for our cause, for, for the conservative cause. But th- on the flip side, you've got people who look at good-looking people and they vote for them because they're good looking. The uninformed voter drives me mad. Yes, agreed. You know, I've got a, I've got a, a lady that lives down the street from me, somebody that I consider a really good friend. She grew up in the same part of the country that I do. I did. Um, you know, just good old hillbilly country folk. You know, mm-hmm. and during the the Trump Hillary election, she was going to vote for Hillary because she was a woman. That's a great reason to vote for her. <laughs> well, my a, a relative of mine, I won't mention this relative because that person may be listening, but when Obama was running for a second term, yeah. I asked that relative, why are you voting for Barack Obama? And the response was, well, he talks well. So does the devil. Yeah. You know, when she told me that, I was like, are you kidding me? You know, if she would have told me, well, I like Hillary because of this, this, and gave me thoughtful answers that I may not agree with, 
but things where I could tell she's done her homework. She's, you know, she has went in and she likes her for, you know, these specific reasons, her stance mm-hmm. on uh, 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 abortion or whatever, whatever she agrees with. Even if I don't agree with it, then I would be like, all right, well, you know, can we have a discussion about the difference in the two mm-hmm. and continue further? But once they say, once they look at you and go, well, I'm going to vote for her because she's a woman, then you know, right there, that is, that conversation's over. Yeah. There is no way to reason with a person like that. Yeah. I love the I love her to death. I absolutely do. And if she called me today and needed me to, you know, for whatever, I'm going to be there for her. But some of the reasoning in people just really blow my mind. And honestly, you know, the the guy that I talked about that's in the music music business in Nashville that really um, was so anti-Trump that now I'm the devil. I'm the same way with him. You know, mm-hmm. he won't. You know, he has distanced himself from me and and others of that period of time of friendship that uh, believe the way that I do. Uh, but if you call me tomorrow and said, hey, man, I'm broke down out here on the road. I need bride. I'm going to go get him. Right. I can't say that he'd do the same for me. But that's what se- separates it conservatives does. from it liberals, does. is that we can separate the politics from a relationship. Yeah. You know, I've got friends who are liberal. And and I've always, my dad always gave me uh, 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 something to think about when I was younger. You know, don't let things come between a friendship. Yeah. So, like, when it comes to money. You know, Jim, if you need a dollar, I'm going to give you a dollar. Sure. Okay. It's not a loan. It's I'm giving it to you. Yeah. Why is it not a loan? Because I don't want you to owe me something. Right. I, and, and if you can't ever pay it back, I don't want that to be between us. Right. So if I give you something, it's a gift. The coffee sure. I'm giving you is a gift. Like how you yep. gave you gift to me coffee. Same thing. But my point is that we can separate the politics out of things and say, hey, yep. look, I'll never forget. Um, I was in, um, so two things real quick. I was in, we were living in Harrisonburg. And uh, Obama had come to town. This is when he was running for president the first time. I remember. And he was at JMU. I was there. And so I was going to go and listen to him speak because now I'm I'm from from Chicago. He was my senator, supposedly, for a couple of years. Okay. Never saw him in person. I knew he didn't do anything for Illinois. I think he voted president like 137 different times. He wasn't in office long enough. Yeah, exactly. I figured I'd go listen to him speak, okay, in person. Mm-hmm. And so I'm getting ready to leave, leave my driveway. And across the street, there was a, a woman who was a Methodist pastor. And that doesn't matter that she was a pastor. But anyway, that's who she was. And a tree had fallen in her driveway. She's a liberal, hardcore liberal. So why am I McCain sign out? She had her Obama sign out. We had dueling signs, right? <laughs> she was going to the, um, the, the, uh, uh, the Obama thing as well. Mm-hmm. But she couldn't get out of her driveway. Right. Tree, it was a small tree, but big enough where she couldn't handle it. Yeah. So I go in my basement, get my saws all out, walk across the street. I said, hey, pastor, I'll help you cut your tree or cut the, the th- tree down. And she's like, you do that for me? And I said, yeah. <laughs> she's like, you know where I'm going? I said, yeah. So but, am I. Uh, so am I. But my point is that I'm not going to let that st- We're neighbors. Right. That's not going to stand in between us. Yeah. Several years ago, I lived in Charlottesville. There was a big snowstorm. And um, we we're living in a townhouse community. And about three doors down, there was a woman who worked for Planned Parenthood. But I didn't know at the time. So storm happened. I'm shoveling and everything. I'm, I'm digging my, my, my truck out. I'm good to go, getting ready to go to work. And I see her out there struggling. So I'm like, well, I got a few minutes. I'll go help her. Yeah. And so naturally we start talking about what we do. I was a DOD contractor. And I said, well, what do you do? And she goes, well, I work for Planned Parenthood. Dum, it's like, dum, dum, uh, dum. Now, I knew she knew that I was a conservative because I've had McCain signs, or not McCain, um, 
I've had other conservative signs out. Because yeah, McCain's not really that conservative. Sorry, I, Romney, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you still yet my, my previous know, argument. Those were who we had. There were the, options. Yeah, those were the you. only <laughs> options. But I had my Romney signs out, so she knew who I was. Yeah. And I knew who she was. Now. Yeah. But again, we're neighbors. Yeah. Now, would she dig my, me out of my, my, my truck out of the snow? Probably not. Probably not, yeah. But I'll do it for her. Why? Because we're neighbors and I can separate the politics out of being neighborly. Yeah. No, we've got yeah. we've got a neighbor two houses down from here from where where we live, and um, they are extreme liberals. We know that you know, like you said, if you didn't know before, you can tell by the bumper stickers on their Prius, and, <laughs> or the signs in their yard are definitely not the same color as ours. You know, uh-huh. um, and they really won't speak to us. You know, it's almost like a game now. They'll go walking their dog down the street, and we'll go, "Hey, how are you doing today?" I'm fine. You know, they just do everything they can other than making eye contact, you know. And actually, my wife was walking the dog on the other side of the block one day, and they happened to meet going opposite <laughs> directions. Oh, wow. And they started talking about dogs, you mm-hmm. know, started talking about the dogs, you know, how neighborhood conversations start up. And and said, and my wife said they stood there and talked for a few minutes, and she goes, oh, where do you live? And my, my wife said, oh, we're on so-and-so, and told, you know, the house. And she just said the whole woman's face changed. And she went, oh, I know who you are. Well, I can't believe I've wasted my time and turned around and walked off. My goodness. And of course, my wife is like, well, I'm sorry you think you wasted your time. I enjoyed our conversation. Bye. <laughs> of course she is. <laughs> <laughs> you know how my wife is with that Tennessee oh, yeah. accent. Y'all have a good day now here. You know. <laughs> Voice dripping with sarcasm. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, so, my wife is the president of this National Sarcasm Society. That's what makes her so lovable. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> this is being directed at you, right? Unless, and it's usually directed at me. No, but you know, you were talking about that, that Obama thing um, at, at James Madison University is where it mm-hmm. was there in Harrisonburg. Yep. And I remember a buddy of mine who I had served in Iraq with wanted me to go with him. And we went up there and stayed, stood on the women's um, uh, field hockey field mm-hmm. um, for hours. I mean, we stood up there for two or three hours waiting. They had us waiting in line. And they had it zigzagging up and down that field. And, um, you know, we were, we stood there and we met a lot of folks, you know, didn't necessarily believe the way we did, but we had some decent conversations. Some people were really confused as to why we were there. I got and, the same looks. Yeah, yeah, and you know, a couple of them when they found out because the lines are going opposite directions side by side, so everybody was pretty close together. And mm-hmm. a few of them, as we're passing in line or moving around, whatever's going on, um, you know, we told them that you know we were definitely not an Obama supporter, but we wanted we were curious to what he had to say. Um, would turn her back on us and wouldn't even talk to us. Mm. You know, and it's time for the doors to open at the convocation center, and all of a sudden we see all these buses pull up, and went around behind the convocation center. And they were full of known Obama supporters. Wow. Who were trained to yell and scream on cue. And they pulled back there and they filled with bus after bus after bus after bus, filled that convocation center. They took about the first 50 or 75 people in line uh-huh. and then came up there and told us, sorry, convocation center is all full. We know you've waited for hours, but tough crap. Okay. So that explains why I never could get in. Yeah. So I got stuck in line. Yep. And never got in. Well, when when all that happened, everybody's you know all those Obama supporters were 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 hanging their head and moping, and and me and my buddy um, uh, who actually works for one of those you know three letter government agencies that we're not mm-hmm. supposed to talk about now. Mm-hmm. So I would I would call him and get him to tell you the story just to to show you. Um, but he uh, you know we were we were kind of looking at everybody going, holy crap, these people are devastated. Yeah. And all of a sudden we heard a microphone come on, and. 
in the far corner of the girls' field hockey field. They had set up a couple of those little temporary stages mm-hmm. and had a mini PA system up there. And up pulls Obama. He gets out of the car and hops up on that stage. Oh, wow. And he gets up there. And, I mean, there was a woman who passed us running to get in front of him. Uh, it's so unbelievable. Running to get in front of him. She's pushing a baby carriage at high speed. <laughs> and the tears are streaming down her face. And we're like, holy crap, this is like a cult. Yeah. And we kind of walk back over there, and Obama gets up there, and he says, you know, uh, I know you guys didn't get in tonight. I just wanted to stop by and say thank you for coming out. Um, You know, we're going to, uh, you know, when I get elected, we're going to do this about the economy. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And then once we do that, we're going to worry about some of the smaller stuff, like the war in Iraq. Me and my buddy are both Iraq combat veterans. Uh Uh-huh. That solidified my, my my thoughts in him right there. That he would consider the war in Iraq a little That's thing. That's exactly what I said. I'll never forget it a day until the day I die. I'll never forget it. Wow. And actually, we have a, I don't know if you call it a mutual friend, and I've never told you this before, and I'm not mm-hmm. going to mention the name. Like I, 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 I honor people I'm not doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, she called me a liar when I told that story, and I've hardly spoken to her since. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was there. I saw it. I heard it. That's what generates part of the feelings I have towards Obama. Now, the next eight years just piled on, you yeah, know. And confirmed what you already confirmed knew. Confirmed what I already knew and what I already felt about him. So, yeah, that was – so you you probably were better off helping a neighbor get a tree out of her driveway than coming up to JMU that day because – um, as far as I'm concerned, it told me everything I needed to know that he, that they, how they generated the popularity behind, yeah. you know, um, they found a good looking guy who was very well-spoken and could say the things, um, in politics, you don't need auto tune. Sure. You know, you need somebody programmed and. Well, he was really a puppet. He, were, he I mean, really was. he really wasn't in charge of anything. It's kind of like Joe Biden today. Yeah. There's clearly people behind the scenes running everything. And that's how Obama was. I mean, you go back to even when, you know, the Democratic National Convention, Hillary Clinton was leading in the polls, mm-hmm. not Obama. Right. You know, it, it should have been Hillary against John McCain. Yeah. It shouldn't have been Barack Obama. And that's what she expected, too. Exactly. And then Obama suddenly gets the, the nomination. Yeah, somewhere there was a backroom deal went down somewhere. Right. And this, and that's why they ended up running her in 2016. I think there was sure. a backroom deal where it says, look, you let, yeah. you let Obama run, and then you're next. You're next. Um, yeah. and, and unfortunately for Hillary. And I don't think Hillary ever thought he would get a second term, though. You know, I, I kind of question the same thing. Yeah. But the, the, the problem is that he was up against Mitt Romney. And <sighs> that was when the Republicans are trying to be moderates. We yeah. can beat the Democrats if we if we straddle the aisle and agree with them on some things. Yeah, no. No, Donald Trump proved that wrong. That's right. Hold the line. Hold the line. Be a conservative. Be tough. Right. Uh, yeah, be a conservative. Stop, stop, you know, walking on eggshells around Democrats and hold and hold the line. Yeah. It's like when you and I were sitting out front um, after one of our city council meetings, talking to our, our liberal, <laughs> liberal council members, you know. You got to hold the line. I'll be yeah. respectful to a certain point, but at some point, as I raised my voice at him, yeah, and I said a few things, yeah, you know, because look, this is ridiculous. That was more that liberal look down their nose. I know more than you do, right? Attitude, yeah, right. And you're not going to do that to me. I may be a little bit younger than you, yeah, that doesn't. But I understand how I know. Well, you want to preach to me what a conservative is, yeah, and you're not one, yeah. 
I don't think so. Well, you know, that's that's some of that attitude. They're so unhappy with themselves that they've got to project it onto everybody else that they're... Uh, to make themselves feel to better. make themselves feel better. Absolutely, exactly. you know. So anyway, that was that had a lot to do with my opinion of Obama was that day. Yeah. That day, it, I mean, everything changed. And I like bet. I said, it just piled on. And I, I'm still surprised to this day that this particular person won't speak to me. Wow. Because of, she said I was lying when I said that, but there was plenty of people there, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. that's exactly what he said. Because, I mean, me and my friend, we just looked at each other, and our mouths flew open. We're like, are you kidding me? Wow. You know? But see, the media's not going to cover anything like that. No. You know, because if they, they did, he would not. alienate every war veteran out there. Oh, yeah. By saying that it was just a little yeah. old war, no big deal. Really? Yeah. You know, people well, people died over in Iraq? Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm going on a memorial poker run ride later this month uh-huh. uh, for one of my brothers who, uh, who uh, lost the battle at home, put it that way. Yeah. You know. I'm um, sorry to hear that. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. There's the majority of us guys that were together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not pulling my chain at all. This is this was come up with with one of my brothers, and uh, um, it just goes to show you where the heart's at. Um, and while we say what we say about, you know, liberals are in, we, from our opinion, liberals are in it for themselves, and, and, you know, we're in it for our country. Um, right now we're doing things to raise money over the next um, – Six more years. I mm-hmm. think she's twelve because his daughter, um, who now does not have a dad, she does have a stepdad but doesn't have a dad. Um, we're putting all the money we can together, raising money with events throughout the year, uh, from throughout her school years, in order to be able to help pay for her college. Now, see that right there is the very definition of being a, a well a brother at arms, sure, and being an American. Yeah, here you've got a brother who's who's passed away, yeah. and you're going to take care of his child sure that's that, what you that's, do that is very there's admirable. no question you got to yeah in our minds there's no question but i don't hear those same stories coming out of the other side no because you know and we don't and i'm not saying names i'm not saying where if you want to be a part of the uh this this poker run in 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 on august 21st if you're in our neighborhood uh of the country um and you want to be a part of it um you know I, i've promoted already on my facebook page um, you can go see where it is. Um, but, you know, quite honestly, um, even though we appreciate the community's help um, and it takes everybody, um, it's personal. Right. And uh, we'll, we'll, the details are we'll keep it that way. Mm-hmm. If you really want to know, if you really want to be a part of it, we'll include you because we're not excluding anybody. But yeah. uh, but it's it's kind of a, it's personal. Well, you, you do want to keep a close circle. Sure. You know, you don't want Sure. We don't, we, we don't want to exploit it because right. we don't want this to come back on his daughter. Plus, you're not looking for the spotlight. You're not no. looking for the fame. You're trying to do yeah. something that's good. And it's, it's kind of like what the Bible right. says. If you're going to do something good, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. It's it's just right. Something like that. You know, there's right and wrong. It's just yeah. right. It's it's, it's, it's the our, way to do it's it. It's our duty, yeah. you know. So anyway, they, uh, yeah, that's, when it comes to your vote, though, when it comes to um, you know, the pretty people, the ugly people, the conservatives, the liberals, however you want to, mm-hmm. <laughs> however you want to put it out. We've went a couple of different directions tonight. You know, something I mentioned to you earlier that I was going to mention tonight. You know, my, now my mom's been passed away this December will be two years. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad passed away. Oh my goodness. What? Nine years ago. I'm terrible with time and dates. Um, Same here. anyway, when they were, uh, when they were alive, when they were married, um, 
my dad was what you would call an old Southern Democrat because mm-hmm. that's what you did. You know, uh, you know, it was, um, uh, you know, the very conservative at heart, especially physically conservative, um, uh, family values, but it was that old Southern Democrat. I know what my dad told me this weekend. But look, <laughs> continue on. I no, know what ahead, it was, no, though. Before you lose it, go ahead. Okay. You said Southern Democrat. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, dad and I were talking about... <laughs> It just you popped up over the microphone <laughs> like a meerkat. I mean, the whole time, like, what were we talking about? <laughs> don't don't go off. You'll lose it again. It was about JFK. Oh, Southern okay. Democrat. Southern Democrat from Massachusetts. But, but this was back back in those days. And again, I wasn't born back then. But from all accounts of people I've talked to, back then Democrats were a different breed of people. Yeah, they're socialists now. They are. They're yeah. communists They're now. communist socialists, yeah. But back then, you could disagree, and it wasn't a big deal. You know, right. the, the Democrat Party today is not the party of JFK. Right. Oh, no, it's not. You know, and, and that's that's what's missing today, is yeah. we're missing that respect that, yeah, sure. they argued back then, too, but there was a lot more respect when it came to the arguments. There was a lot more respect when yeah. it came to the, you know, um, the disagreements. Yeah. Well, they also didn't have the social media, the... Uh, um, you know, mainstream social media, as right. I've been calling it, you know, to be able to to get the rhetoric out to everybody. That's true. You know, but as I was going to say, my yeah. dad was that old Sorry. Southern Democrat. No, that's, <laughs> that was actually beautiful from my perspective. He popped up over the microphone, um, you know, uh, and I remember how proud my dad was, you know, as a younger man, mm-hmm. um, you know, supporting his his favorite politician and going out to rallies and and doing a lot of things that I find myself doing now. Um, and it was funny, right about the time uh, George Bush ran the second time. Okay. Wait, Bush 41? W. 43. W, 43. Okay. My dad got quiet about politics. Really? Wouldn't talk about politics too much. Now, the first time mm-hmm. George Bush... When he ran the first time against Al Gore and it went to Florida, mm-hmm. oh my God, me and my dad couldn't talk at election time. <laughs> Throughout the Clinton years, me and my dad couldn't talk at election time. Mm-hmm. You know, but the second time, all of a sudden, my dad got real quiet about politics. That's when I firmly believe that my dad started voting Republican. Good for him. You know, and wouldn't bring it up, wouldn't talk about it, yeah. wouldn't even talk about it. The funnier thing is, my mom. To the day she died, mm-hmm. I could not tell you who she voted for. Wow. So you, you have to explain she, to our viewer or our listeners why she wouldn't. Well, what yeah. your theory is. Because what my theory is, because she really wouldn't. You talk about politics, she would find every reason she could to divert the attention to some other conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, and you've got to think about it. My mom was born in 1943. Okay. All right. A different generation. And a part of the country where I come from, you know, we always say that that part of uh, Southern uh, Virginia, Southwestern Virginia, Southern West Virginia, um, uh, Eastern Kentucky, Northeast Tennessee, well, not as much Northeast Tennessee, but that one little area at the foot of the Appalachian Mountains. Hillbilly um, territory. Hillbilly, ter- hillbilly country. Mm, sorry, country. Right? country. Country. I mean, and it's Appalachia, not Appalachia, not Appalachia. It's Appalachia. All right. Okay. Don't ever get that wrong, because I will correct you. All right. <laughs> okay, Jim. I'm never going to call the mountains that name anyway. So. so anyway, you know, we always say that they're like 40 years behind anyway uh-huh. in your modern times. Um, but um, my mom believed that her vote was her vote, and it was nobody's business. And during the period of time that she grew up, um, you know, women were still not necessarily looked at as equal. You know, they weren't looked at any less. 
but everybody had a role. And we talked about this on Wednesdays with Jim this past week. Mm -hmm. Be proud of your masculinity. Be proud of your femininity. Be proud of what you are and who you are. You know? And and in that period of time, it was just like something from Leave it to Beaver or one of those old 50s corny TV shows. Mm-hmm. You know, the woman stayed at home. She didn't work. She, you know, kept took care of the kids. She kept the kitchen. She kept the house. She kept the clothes washed. Um, like Mayberry. Not yeah. like Mayberry, a completely different era. And I never thought my mom's politics agreed with my dad. Knowing my grandmother and my grandpa, um, I believe that she was a Republican all along. Mm-hmm. But she never would voice her opinion so that she would not, number one, she wouldn't bring it up or she wouldn't tell who she was voting for. That way my dad never knew what she was or what she wasn't. My dad had no clue and it drove him crazy. Well, see, and now that you told me that he was a Southern Democrat, <laughs> oh yeah, now that makes sense because you oh, yeah. you didn't tell me that before. Oh yeah, very so stereotypical. Thinking, why in the world would she do that? Oh, my dad, and now you know, and and he would never talk about it later in years. But I can remember in 1976, Jimmy Carter came to uh, uh, St. Paul, Virginia, and my dad goes over to this rally and he stood there and talked to and shook hands with Jimmy Carter, and he thought that was the greatest thing in the world. Wow. Boy, was that a bad, bad <laughs> after after the after you after the smoke cleared. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't think he was as proud of it as he 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 was when it happened. Right, you know. But that was you know that's part of that old South Southern you know Democrat. You know, you know it's uh, it, it's just funny uh, you know how people are about their votes and what they do and how they do it. But uh, yeah, my mom went to her grave and I never knew, not one time, who she ever cast a vote for. See, to me, that's just a foreign concept because I I consider myself to be an open book and yeah. I have no problem telling oh, I anyone. Too. I mean, if a random person on the street said, Dwight, who'd you vote for? I voted for Trump yeah. twice. Do it again in a heartbeat. Yeah. You know, um, I, I just, I, to me, I don't have a problem with that. Um, and a, a lot of it probably came from my upbringing. See, my dad was the same way. He'd not only tell you who okay. he'd vote for, he'd tell you who you need to vote for. <laughs> See, that's, that's kind of how my dad is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he'll tell you who to vote for, yeah. how to vote for him, how many times to vote for him, what they all stand for. I mean, yeah. when Herman Cain ran, yep. and we had the greatest conversations in the world. Yeah, I loved it. it but it was, it, was, it was never a surprise to me who my dad... Well, okay, let me back it up. <laughs> when, he, when, when Trump ran the first time, my dad told me he was supporting Trump, and I thought he was crazy. This is back when there was like 18 Republicans running, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'm thinking... There's no data points to suggest that Donald Trump is actually a conservative. Right. Every data point that I've read, seen on TV, know about the man, the dude's a Democrat. The dude was friends with Hillary Clinton. Yeah. I don't know any conservatives who are friends with Hillary Clinton. The Clintons were at the one of the, the number one tables at uh, uh, Ivanka. Uh, at the uh, wedding, at yeah. At the wedding, yeah. Yeah, and so my, my conspiracy theory from, from back in 2016 was, okay, if Trump wins he'll secretly hand it over to Hillary Clinton or get her involved in the government. Yeah. And when he did, it was like, oh, this guy's awesome. Yeah. By the way, my point is that I was a big Ted Cruz supporter. Well, yeah. actually, I was first Scott Walker, and then he ran out of money, and then I was Rand Paul, and then he had a crazy foreign policy, <laughs> and then I went to Ted Cruz. And Ted Cruz went as far as he could, ended up losing in, in the primaries to, to Trump. But Dad and I had all these conversations where I was telling Dad he was crazy. Your vote, you're going to cast your vote for, for a guy who has no political experience, who basically acts like a clown. Um, yeah. And if you listen to all the debates, he didn't win the debates, in my opinion. 
So I thought for certain, by after debate number one, he, he I thought this was a novelty for him. Sure. That by debate after debate number one, yeah. he's gone. Yeah. When he got to the third debate, it's like, all right, maybe he's serious. Yeah. And then we started to hear a lot of what he stood for. And it's like, huh, okay, maybe I can get behind this. And then once I, start, I see my dad's an engineer, so a lot of his engineering stuff rubbed off on me. I look for data points. I'm trying to be analytical. Sure. And I started to see data points of, okay, Trump is saying this, he's saying this, he's saying this, he's standing for this. These are all conservative principles. Yeah. So if he does exactly what he says that he's in office, yeah. does in office what he says that he stands for, yeah. we're going to be in good shape. See, I looked at it a little bit differently as far as what he ran. Um, you know, when I looked at it, I looked at it as from a um, um, almost a cultural thing. Okay. All right. Um, now, I, believe it or not, you know who I was pulling for in that time in the beginning? Oh, uh, Carly Fiorina. <laughs> no. Oh, who? Mike Huckabee. Oh, okay. Huckabee right. was my guy. Yeah. I really liked Huckabee. I liked his business sense. I liked his his solid um, uh, uh, stature as far as, as being a conservative. Mm-hmm. He's never wavered. Um uh, he's a bass player, <laughs> but I like Mike Huckabee and, and I really didn't like Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, uh, all the years for his TV shows, didn't like him, yep, uh, didn't care for him at all. And you know, no secret, you know, we talked about it last week. Um, big football fan, always have been, mm-hmm. um, the USFL United States football league came into play in the early eighties, playing spring football had the NFL in the fall. I was the happiest guy on the planet. Because USFL came in with big money, and they were bringing you know all these big names. I mean, Herschel Walker, Heisman mm-hmm. Trophy winner, went to the USFL instead of the NFL. Right. Reggie White, Hall of Famer. Steve Young, Hall of Famer. Jim Kelly, Hall of Famer. All these Hall of Fame guys started off in the USFL. So it was a good quality football league that played in the spring. Mm-hmm. I have football in the spring. I have football in the fall. I was a happy guy. Second year in existence, Donald Trump comes in and buys the New Jersey Generals. Okay, That was the, you know, the, the Northeast flagship team. Mm-hmm. And Donald Trump thought that he would move, he would force the owners of the USFL to move football to the fall to compete with the NFL, thinking that the NFL would buy them out the same way they did the old AFL in the late 60s. Uh, and he would become an NFL team owner. Right. Well, it backfired. And it ended up causing the USFL to dissolve. Mm-hmm. He ruined my spring football. I, I hated Donald Trump for years. Yeah. Because of that. So I was a Mike Huckabee guy. There's no way I was going to pull for Donald Trump, mm-hmm. you know. And then people started dropping out of the race and dropping out of the race, and and Donald Trump kept rising and rising. And you start finding out more about his political side. Yeah, you know, you understand for, as a businessman why he had Democrat friends and Republican friends. Sure, you know, make friends with both sides now. It's it's good for business. It is, you know. But when you again, he never told anybody what his political affiliation was mm-hmm. because that's bad for business. Right. In the business he was in. Yep. Right. So, um, you know, once I, once that started happening and then the story came out about grabbing by the hoo-ha yep. and being in the music business, you understand, you get a better understanding than just everyday, you know, folks out there who's not in that business. Yeah. You know, there are parasites in the entertainment business and there are women, there are guys who will 
try to attach themselves. If anybody saw Bohemian Rhapsody, <laughs> you know, the, Fred, uh, the, the, the Queen story about mm-hmm. Freddie Mercury, you know that there are guys that are just as big a parasites as there are girls that were trying to get close to Freddie Mercury because of his fame and his fortune, and that's what they are attracted to. They're a moth to a flame. You know, and I knew what Donald Trump was talking about. And, because, you know, you want to know why people related to him because of stories like that. And even though that's so bizarre and so out there, not everybody has the same experience as I do. I knew exactly what he's talking about because I've seen those girls waiting in the dressing rooms. I've seen mm-hmm. those girls by the backstage door. Mm-hmm. I've seen those r- girls around friends of mine who are much bigger rock stars than I ever thought about being. You know, and you see them and you know they just want to be attached to you because of who you are. I knew that's who he was talking about. Sure. And all of a sudden now I started relating to him more. And then I started understanding and studying and learning more about him. And that's that's eventually, that's actually the first time that I stepped up and went, yeah, I'm Huckabee's out. I know who my guy is. Yeah. And then it was no looking back at that point. So, you know, those pretty people, um, you know, that, um, that we talk about, they're Conservatives are better looking people because they're better looking on the inside first. I mean, look at like Melania versus Jill. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Another perfect analogy yeah. of, you know, she, you know, Melania was what Jacqueline Kennedy esque. Oh man, absolutely. And Jill's like Michelle Obama esque. Well, I was, I was, you know, going to make that Mike. I mean, uh, Michelle a reference. <laughs> Um, <laughs> wow. You know, Mike. um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I was because I, the people like, what's her name? Uh, Joey, you know, Blackheart from, uh, The View. I oh, oh, Blackheart. okay. Uh, yeah. I right. talking about, yeah. Yeah. And, and people like that who just trashed Melania Trump once Donald became president. Mm-hmm. Before, oh, she's beautiful, she's so cultured, she's this, she's that. And then all of a sudden she became first lady, and then she's an idiot who can't speak well. The woman speaks like five languages. Five languages, fluently. Dresses better than anyone I know will ever dress. So elegant. And I will say that the closest thing we've had to her was probably Laura Bush. I thought Laura Bush was a very elegant, very nice first lady. Carried herself well. So well. So well. And Melania did the same thing. And honestly, Melania uh, was, she's the the walking, talking, living American dream. She is. Came from, you know, came from nothing to become the first lady of the uh, of the free world. Yeah. How often does that happen? Uh, it never happens. No. And instead of glorifying and talking about her life story and what a climb and and what a success she has been, um, you know, and and listen, Donald Trump is is nothing without Melania. True. You know, uh, you have, you know, if if a a good spouse will make you a better person. That's right. And in that case, made made Donald Trump so much more of a, a better person um, in a lot of ways that we probably wouldn't even be able to imagine. But you know that beauty, it it it, it just came from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Well, they know? say behind every good man is a good woman. Yeah, and that's true in his case. Yeah, I yeah. think that Very Donald Trump, based on his history, yeah, he could be a lot worse in terms of a personality. Yeah, and I think honestly, Malai is what kind of kept him more on the straight and narrow. Yeah, mainly where uh, Jill Biden's main job is to keep Joe awake. Yeah, and fed. <laughs> and fed. And, and, and changed. And, and gives him <laughs> his medication on a regular basis. But 
Anyway, I'm uh, looking at the clock, and um, I think it's diaper time for Joe. <laughs> is it diaper time? Yeah, is that they, what we're they calling need changing it? before bed? Oh my God! What yeah. is it? Turn. What's the thing they play on the radio at the beach in the summertime? Turn before you burn. Yes. Yeah. Get Joe in before you have to uh, wipe his butt. Um, <laughs> oh, we're reaching now. It's got to be the end of the end yes, of this sorry. podcast. We should end this right now. All right. Here we're we done. go. We're done. That's it. Good night. <laughs> nope. All right, everybody, keep in mind that uh, if you want anything Wednesdays with Jim, tune in with us every Wednesday night, 8 o'clock, um, on our Facebook page. You can get the link at thejimwood.com. Tell it to everyone. Share it with everyone. Remember, it's a conversation back and forth. We're talking in real time mm-hmm. about things that bother us, things that excite us, and just things, all right? That's right. So Wednesdays with Jim, you'll catch me. You'll often catch Dwight on Wednesdays with Jim as well. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And the whole Williams family, for that matter. Hey, we, we try to patronize the Jim Wood. We support each other. Because we love listening to it. Oh my God! Yeah, my to, to mom see, was still alive. <laughs> to see the wolf talking on Facebook Live is just, leading the pack, baby. Man, my heart just goes pitter patter. <laughs> and that's the beautiful thing. It is a conversation amongst all of us. I'm just the guy who's got the page. That's all. Also, the Liberty Room, a new episode of this podcast, comes out every Friday at noon, and on all your favorite podcast providers now has just been picked up by Apple Podcasts. Finally. So we're moving on up in the world. Make sure that uh, you go to thelibertyroom.com. Share that with all your friends. Have them subscribe and download to the podcast that debuts every Friday at noon. Thejimwood.com, thelibertyroom.com. I think that covers both of us. It does cover both of it. All right. Well, until next week, when we find plenty more to talk about, we'll see you on social media. Come tell us what you think. Don't be a stranger. We'll see you next week.